0: I do not mean to be mean. I do mean to be mad. You obey your pastor. If you ain't got the King James, you ain't got. Hey, you don't have a King James. You don't have a Bible. <laughs> I still believe it'd be a cold day in hell before I get my challenge from a woman. I'm a preacher. The young preachers that do love God get pulled off in the Calvinist, and I'll fight it. I'll fight it. I'll fight you in the parking lot over it. I'll get personal with you. When you got dressed today, you dressed deity. This is the For Freedom Podcast, a podcast that is part of the RFP Network that seeks to bring freedom in Christ from the spiritual abuse of legalism in the independent fundamental Baptist movement. Now here are your hosts, John Hollyfield and James Saifert.
1: So fundamentalism is designed to uh, unpack the idea of authority from Scripture. The problem with that is that that's not the defining principle in Scripture. It is a part of the Scripture, but the defining principle in Scripture is love.
2: that all men who sit under the, the, that teaching will become abusive. But what I'm saying is the ones who are abusive will be drawn to that sort of teaching. I,
0: I don't want to
1: give people just a list of things they can start doing differently until they have a heart
0: out of which they're going to be doing those things differently.
1: bitterness is different from hurt. I would say that hurt or even abuse does not have to result in bitterness.
0: Welcome back everyone to the For Freedom podcast. Uh, We are excited to be back with you. Uh, We had a hiccup last week and so we were unable to bring you an episode last week, but we are really excited about our episode this week. Uh, Before we introduce our guest, John, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? How is life in Tennessee?
1: Yeah, doing great. Doing great. Uh, Yeah, it's just busy. I mean, basically the reason we didn't get one is because we were just so busy with everything. We couldn't get any material prepared for so we just didn't have anything last week. But we're excited about uh, today. Before we bring our guest on, we have, uh, you know, Still got that big announcement, Black Friday. We're looking forward to yeah, Black, Black Friday. Friday.
0: It's coming. We're in November now, and so the countdown is on for the big announcement. So I hope you're ready for that, and I hope our listeners are excited about it. I know we are. I know we're excited about getting more details out about that, um, and so look forward to that coming up from the RFP guys.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we've 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 actually had some authors on here lately from the uh, Shepherd's Press series. And we had Christine Chappell who wrote, um, Help, I've Been Diagnosed With a Mental Disorder. We just interviewed Jim Newheiser with Help, I Need a Church. And so I've been actually trying to get uh, Miss Lucy here on for a while now. And so I'm very excited about today. But we have, we have uh, Dr. Lucy Ann Mole who wrote, Help, I Have Panic Attacks um, and, uh, and that book there. So uh, Lucy, thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Oh, it's it's my pleasure to be with you guys. You guys have such a such a nice uh, way of speaking to each other. It's very encouraging. So I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Get, before we get into that, the, the first question we're going to ask you is why did you write the book? Before we get into that, can you just um, sort of tell, tell everybody sort of a little bit about your, yourself and your ministry and, and what you do?
2: Right. So I'm a full-time biblical counselor and I started biblical counseling online way before, you know, coronavirus, before people started doing that. In 08, I began, you know, online. Now I'm full-time online, you know, like everybody I meet and I've, I've, I've met with people in six out of seven continents. I'm missing Antarctica. But I've got wow. all the other they, continents, you know, so. It'd be tough to
0: find one there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be scientists who probably need it for sure. Just imagine a yeah. jacket it at night. I mean, in the, you know, parts of the seasons as well as you know like what i'm going to do council penguin i mean like <laughs> that's not going to exactly happen so, um but uh or tourism there's a lot of tourism like fishing fishing goes on there. but i'm like what are they going to be in their fishing boat and they're going to need counseling yeah i don't think so but but yeah i've been i've been i only counsel in english though but uh but yeah and i've been doing that since 08. um i've I'm on staff with Biblical Counseling Center based in greater Chicago. I'm talking to you from Alabama, that's where I am. I'm just south, I'm, if I drive 10 minutes north, I am in Tennessee, that's that's how close I am to the border. So yeah, I specialize um, in the area of anxiety, particularly in the area of panic attacks. Um, right now I'm working on a course uh, that will be online. It's not gonna come out for a few months on panic attacks. and I i've had a you know coaching groups i've had online you know, through zoom you know regarding panic attacks and of course i've you know written that mini book you know help i get panic attacks and but i also counsel other subjects as well but it is maybe because we'll get into this but maybe it's because i have had panic attacks and i've had victory over panic attacks as part of the reason why i wrote the book but but yeah, yeah that's, that's a little the bit thing with
1: that's the thing with biblical counseling we we we, we are trying to try to be a, a breadth of of all the subjects but uh you know James has just started his training and so like that's one of the things you you got to be ready for what comes at you but uh yeah definitely there are some that have specializations and and so you wrote this book how, how long it's been a few years now since since you actually wrote the book It it was uh it came out
2: in 2019 okay, It's this so two book years. right here yeah. right and okay. he wants to see it and that's that's the book you know help I get panic attacks. Yeah and so uh, I you know like the the person who's the editor for this this series, you know he asked me if there was a topic if there's any topic I didn't want to write about, what would it be and that would be the topic because there's so many people who get panic attacks mm-hmm. and during all the shutdowns and everything like that, it increased the anxiety increased and you know at the heart of panic attacks is i would say um runaway worry it is worry if you think about worry like like so what you know i'm worried about you know paying my electric bill which is a big deal but but panic attacks you know why why would some people why would some people would it manifest as panic attacks so so that that's um you know that that was when um the editor contacted me that was what i focused on because I, like I said, it had some, been something I had experienced. Probably, I probably had my first panic attack when I was 18, but then it, it was just the one standalone panic attack and it was like, okay, that's that and didn't have one. But then I was around age 27, I was in my late twenties and then that started panic attack after panic attack and I, in my world began to you know close down because my mother had had panic attacks when i had one i knew what was happening okay. but for a lot of people they don't know that and mm-hmm. that's why for many people why they end up going to the er they think they're having a heart attack and of course if somebody's thinking like they need medical attention of course you know, see your doctor but but uh I I knew what it was, but that, just because I knew what it was, wasn't like you just flip a switch and like, totally, this is what you do. You know, one, two, three, easy. It's, um, it, it's something that takes, you know, turning to God, you know, looking at his word, especially in regard to worry, because again, anxious thinking is what is at the heart of panic attacks, but I'm sure we'll talk about this in a second, but it shows up as a physio, part of it is a physiological response to that anxious thinking. And that's where you start getting the rapid heartbeat, the shallow breathing. For some people, they, they might have numbness in the fingers and toes. Not everybody gets that. Um, uh, um, the sensation of lump in the throat, dizziness, where you might feel like you're weak in the knees. So it's it like we are embodied souls. So we're not only souls, you know, God in his wisdom gave us bodies. So we're embodied souls, but sometimes what's coming together here is the entwining of both the body and the spirit. So what's going on in our spirit, the anxious thinking for some people, it's a minority of people, but for some people it shows up as panic attacks and, you know, it's frightening. It's scary. If you've ever had one, probably some of your listeners have had them. It, It seems like there's no hope. There's no way out, especially when they're they're recurring. And so a lot of times when people start counseling with me, they're not like me when I was 18 and had one panic attack. They're the people who are – where it's recurring, and they're looking for God's answers to that. And that's what I helped them with.
1: Yeah, I I remember thinking as I was younger, like, I hear the term, and I'm like – what is that? What's, what's wrong? That's that's a figment of their imagination. And then when I actually looked into some of this and started, you know, doing counseling training and stuff and read the definition of it, I was like, I I have had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've I've experienced that. And uh, and so yeah. And I I I I, I like you sort of explains a little bit about what one was. And James, if you have a question, just interrupt me. But um, uh, what one was. But is there any I think, is there any nuance to it as well, as far as like how some people may want, you know, view anxiety or a panic attack, or, you know, the difference between that?
2: Well, think of a panic attack as an extreme fear experience, okay? So it's fear, it's extreme, and you experience it. So extreme fear experience. You don't have, the terminology panic attack is not in the Bible. The word fear is in there. Terror is in there. You know, that word is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, what's happening, what's going on is that with a panic attack, the way God made our bodies, so it's good, you know, the way God made our bodies, um, our autonomic nervous system, we have the, I might mean, know a little bit in science here, um, there's the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. And so, when we sense danger, the fight, flight, freeze response, you know, kicks into gear. So there's a danger. The danger can be real. The Mm. danger can be imaginary. Okay. I'm not saying that panic attacks are imaginary. I don't mean that at all. I mean, the danger can be imaginary. So like, if you can't punch the bad guy or run from the grizzly bear, what do you do? You know, you become, Mm. what do you do? You're, because your body, the God given way to you know, punch the bad guy or run from the grizzly bear, certain things start happening in your system, which would be increased heart rate, which would be dilated pupils, uh, increased respiration and onward. You know, the, the blood is going from the extremities, you know, toward the core. That's what's happening. So you can fight, fight, freeze, you know, so you can do that. With panic attacks, you know, think of it for a second here, think of like like you say, in your kitchen, you have a toaster, and let's say you're you're gonna you're gonna um, you know toast some bread. And you want you want to have toast for the morning. Well, the toast starts burning, and so you know you have fire alarms, and so your fire alarm in your kitchen starts going off. Do you need to attend to it? Well, yeah, there's toast that's burning, but but a fire alarm is meant. It's highly sensitive. It's meant to catch a fire your, your house isn't really burning down. What you got is burnt toast, That's good. but your body, your you're at the moment, the mind, the brain will do, the brain will go ahead and turn on all of that. And some people, Now, every, this doesn't again happen to everybody. And some people turns on and then they start, you know, basically even having a sense of doom, perhaps maybe they even have a Think like they want to die without being suicidal because they they want to flee from their panic attack. So it is not like I said the fire alarm goes off as God means it to go off, but the person is not distinguishing between burnt toast and the house being on fire. Mm-hmm. And that that is what's going on here. And so like in Philippians four eight, and I'm just going to quote just a very small part of that um, of that scripture verse. Whatever is true. Think about such things. So mm-hmm. what's true? Is it burnt toast or is my fire? Is the house on fire? With panic attacks, what happens oftentimes is we start getting that first physiological symptom. And I'll, I'll even ask people, like, what is your first physiological symptom? You know, for some people, it's increased heart rate. For someone else, they feel like their chest, it feels like an elephant's, you know, sitting on their chest. For, for someone else, it's, you know, they feel like their throat's closing up. It differs, differs for different people. Someone else, they might, dizziness is a common one. They start feeling lightheaded. So when they start getting that, that physiological response to the anxious thinking, then, then begin to tell yourself, this is discomfort, it, it is not danger. God is with me, I am safe. Again, speaking truth speaking Mm -hmm. truth to what's going on as opposed to like ah you know it's it my house is on fire my house is on fire it's burnt toast so -hmm. that that's part of you know that's part of what's going on in all of this but the physiological response is correct where what's going wrong here is the anxious thinking yeah that's and and then you know we have throughout the bible you know like you know, and well, again, back to Philippians again, Philippians 4, 6, it begins with, do not be anxious.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it says that, but you know, like you know, when I work with people like, yeah, easier said than done. Well, of course it's easier say- to say than to do. But that's where we go into it of like um, uh, second uh, Corinthians 10, 5, you know, take captive every thought from the obedience of Christ and begin to, you know, identify your thoughts, reject, identify an anxious thoughts, thoughts reject anxious thoughts replace anxious thoughts you know with the word of god and with right thinking and um that's that's kind of i mean i'm making it sound so easy if it was that easy you know people even like, right. talking to me right and, me out of
1: it and i think it's also good to point out like when when somebody's going through that i like what you said about the the part where when there's not someone to hit and there's not something to run away from i think for, for someone who's, who's experiencing that There can be a lot of frustration and just like, oh, why does this keep happening and not really, I mean, in your experience with with working with people like this, is it, is there like issues with why does this happen? Like not knowing why they're experiencing necessarily the panic attacks or the unknown reason and and, and that play part of it? If you, I don't know, sometimes my questions don't make sense.
2: (laughs) No, no, it's a good question. I think, I think part of it is a, a lot of people think it's completely like they have some sort of physical condition, a physical malady of some sort. And so then that's where people might go to doctor to doctor to doctor trying to figure it out. Like in, in the, um in the, the mini book, you know, help I get panic attacks. I write about that. I write about, you know, someone named Joe and Joe. He had facial pressure that was his first panic symptom um he had that so and and he wasn't sure what it was um he had the fear he knew he was too, totally afraid and he started started interfering with his work which is very very common it starts interfering with your life especially if it's recurring panic attacks uh-huh. and then um and then so he saw ear, nose throat guy you know he you know saw his primary care I think he was wondering if he had allergies. And so he went to many doctors, but then it came out like, okay, all those tests were negative. And so it had to be related somehow to stress. And then, you know, he talked with a doctor, and then it was determined that he got the, you know, like, yeah, what's going on with you is panic attacks. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people think it's purely physical. and, and, and there's nothing wrong, obviously, with, with going to the doctor and, and checking it out. Um, but it turns out, like I said, um, at the heart of panic attacks is anxious thinking. And just real quick, um, for some people, uh, some people with... I'm, I'm going to make this sound like too simple. It's more nuanced than this. Like right. Some people, their panic attacks come from a phobia. Think of somebody, they're afraid yeah. of riding elevators, for example so if they get in an elevator they start having panic attacks or maybe they had their first panic attack in an elevator so now they're pairing it's supposed to pavlov dogs you know go back Mm -hmm. to that whole um uh, experiment that was done i think in the early 1900s hundreds they're pairing elevators with panic attacks so the solution then is to avoid elevators avoid elevators i avoid panic attacks now I guess if somebody has a life where they don't have to be in elevators and lots of us never have to be in an elevator, that's not such a horrible thing, you know, that just that one little part of their life. But what if what if they're what if their job is on the 20th floor of a building? Well, now that's a problem. I mean, that's a real problem. They're gonna be walking up and down all those, you know, 20 flights. Yeah. But but more often, um, um, when I when I talk to people, it's more like uh it shows up in Driving, uh, grocery shopping, um, social situations, um, things like that. So one, you know, one again, the three things: uh, phobias, like being afraid of spiders or bees or thunderstorms or elevators or flying, or you just you know just think of all the phobias. To social situations, is feeling very uncomfortable being in. Think of all the social situations, which obviously would include church um that would be you know you know restaurants uh movie theaters just where there's a whole bunch of people congregated and then the third one i just call it fear of fear and that's where that's where people when they meet with me usually they're at that point of fear fear which they're afraid of their greatest fear is having a panic attack so it's not even so much afraid of the elevator or the restaurant they're afraid of having another panic attack so when they start having when they're fearing having another panic attack that can start encompassing much more of life than just than just a couple of things it's, it becomes more um all encompassing then
1: yeah it's debilitating too
0: john if you're, sorry, if, if you're okay with me saying a couple of things john i know you've carried sorry, the conversation sorry, so far <laughs> Just um,
1: fact, I get I get interested. I'm like, oh, this, I I what know. About
0: this? I, know. What about this? I do too. <laughs> I do too. But I don't want to overstep you. Um, so my question. <laughs> I've got a thought here. Um, I, I've never had a panic attack, and I know other people have. I know of people that have. Um, I've talked to people that have. I've got friends that um, have experienced the fear and the flight and all that, all the the things that go along with it. Uh, but the first time I actually physically saw it. Because even this thought of panic attacks and fear isn't portrayed in movies. It's not something that people even want to address in a movie theater. In a in a style of film, it's not. It doesn't bring money in, so they don't talk about it. Um, but the first time I saw it was recently. Um, Apple just put out a a show, and it's not the best show, but I like it. It's called Ted Lasso, and he has several panic attacks, and on the show, and they show him dealing with them and really turning in and and separating from what's going on. And eventually he does go to a psychologist and sees a therapist and works through some some issues. Uh, But that was the first time I had seen that actually happen and and seen, um, even portrayed, what a panic attack is. And it was really intriguing because uh, it really showed the, how the mind works, how the body works. Um so so what are some things really going into this next question of how can we offer help? How can we offer hope from the Bible um to say, you know, I know you suffer with panic attacks. Here's some quick solutions and some helps and some hope for you.
2: Well, that's a big question. So, there's a few different things. Like first off, um some people are more likely to get panic attacks than other people. So we'll start there. Okay. People who grew up in fearful homes, mm-hmm. fearful situations. So preparation is always wise. So if, if you know, like your listeners, if you know you're the kind of person who's more likely to be fearful, um, or maybe you just have the kind of personality from the get go Like you just happen to be, like, even at age, you know, like your mom or dad told you, like, oh, yeah, you were the kind of kid always shrunk back, unlike your brother, who was like the always going out there and doing everything. So maybe some people have just a more, uh, their makeup, they just tend to have a more fearful makeup just to begin with, as opposed to a bold person who's, you know, out there doing everything. Like, be aware of kind of how God made you, you know, Psalm 139. You're fearfully wonderfully made all your works wonderful. And then also, if you grew up in a fearful home life um, or different traumas happened, which might not be that you're, you could have had amazing parents an amazing home life, but there were certain things that just happened along the way that were fearful, different kinds of traumas that could be so many different things um, then already be in the word of God, already be in prayer, desire, you know, like it says in Colossians 2, 6, just as you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord, so walk in him. So do those things that would be in accordance with a lifestyle, a bent toward Christian living. And I don't mean like Christian doing. I mean more like being, like know Jesus, you know, like that. I mean, know Jesus. I don't, of course, salvation, you know, like know him as your Lord and Savior. Of course, that, you know, that's a working you know, of the Holy Spirit in you that calls people to himself. But also, um, you know, be in the word. Those are things like if you want to think of it as things that a person can do, like before a panic attack, in addition to things like. Like I was working with one person, he lives in uh, Paraguay, um, originally from South Africa. So I, <laughs> I only like a only council in English, so we could, could do it all in English. Um, part of what we did was cut out his caffeine. Now that didn't make all those panic attacks go away. It didn't, but it lessened them for sure, lessened the intensity and frequency. So then that part of that is in addition to knowing you know, kind of like your makeup and being in the word of God, but also be aware of how you're treating your body. You know, like when you are doing things like getting good rest, because insomnia can play into panic attacks. When you're eating, it doesn't have to be a perfect nutrition, but good nutrition, good water intake, getting exercise and so forth. All of that helps to Lessen, minimize panic attacks. So that's that's kind of the preparation part of it. Also, during a panic attack, it's how you speak to yourself. In um, Psalm forty-two, verse five, which is also in verse eleven, um, the psalmist says, um, "Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me?" So he asks the question. Then he gives himself the answer, which is hope in God. So his his view where he's looking his focus is not on his circumstances if you read that whole psalm a lot of bad things are happening in that psalm it it make anybody anxious um but he's telling himself what to do he's telling himself to hope in God and so he's he's instructing himself where to look don't look at what's going on look look to God and you can see both in um Matthew 6 and in Luke twelve. There's those uh, parts in there that talk about you know like like look to look to, look at the birds, look at the you know the flowers in the field. Does not God provide for the birds? Does not God provide for the for the the flowers in the field? And it's in the, in the answer of course is yes, He does. So why do you worry? Why do you worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow will worry about itself. Now that goes again, keeps circling back to that anxious thinking that's at the heart of panic attacks. And so then how do we handle that? And it's, a lot of it is self-talk and I don't wanna make that sound all psychological. How about no scripture to a degree or at least have it written like on, on post-it notes and put it on, you know, around your house. Be aware of what God's word says about anxiety, about fear even in some ways more importantly than that the, would be the character of God because you can only truly trust in a God whom you know as he reveals himself in scripture or else you're not really turning to the true God if you have some sort of like messed up notion of him being like an ogre or, you know like a task taskmaster, taskmaster in the sky this guy is going to like you know hurt you or something like that but know the one true God and then after a panic attack would be like, don't look upon it. Cause it's so easy for us, if we get another panic attack after we've had some victory over them is to think like, okay, that was a waste of time. This is hopeless. It's so easy to give up, you know? Cause it is like you said, James, it is so uh, debilitating. It is so scary. It's terrifying. It truly is terrifying. Um, we don't want to have another one, but not to let the setback derail you because god is always there and the holy spirit's always guiding you and helping you so yeah just like anything else in life you could have a setback think of something else that someone might have a setback with like maybe they used to drop f-bombs they stopped doing that and now they let one out like oh no i'm horrible you know like like you know my life is over now i mean that's probably not the best analogy but it, or comparison, but it would be similar to that. It's like if you have another panic attack, it's not the end of the world. you can you can remember who God is. you can you know continue to entrust yourself. It's basically that those two parts entrust yourself to God and at the same time, I call them micro actions take micro actions where you're not avoiding but rather engaging. That's probably the thing that keeps panic attacks people hate this when I say this, so people who are listening don't hate me, you know, just, <laughs> just take it. Probably the worst thing you could do with a panic attack is to completely avoid the situation. Mm. But that doesn't mean you also don't jump into it, like like do a cannonball into your fear either. You, you re-engage wisely, which is why it's micro-actions when I work with people on it, of how at the same time entrusting yourself to God, knowing that he's in control. That when that, you know, you start noticing the, the heart beating fast and you're like thinking, oh, no, no, I'm going to get another. That's the kind of thing that people, the bad self talk people do is like, oh, no, no, it's going to be another, you know, like, ah, it's going to be another panic attack, which it could be. It could go down that path. But then as you kind of like um, you train yourself to do this, um, as you take that step back and you, you, you let yourself instead let the word of God inform you like, yeah. yes. This is uncomfortable. Like having noticing that my heart's beating really fast is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. This is, you know, discomfort. It is not danger. God is with me. I am safe. Already, you know, people I talked to already they start noticing their anxiety levels going down. The reason why is because they're taking that micro action of engaging as opposed to avoiding and they're looking to God at the same time. So those are that's a really long answer, James, yeah. to your to your to your question. But hopefully it's it's helpful. Yeah, no, th-
0: that's that's great, and yeah. I appreciate it. And I think a lot of people can get help from that because yeah. um they're they're able to realize what is going on and identify the root problem of it, and let's start and try to peel away the onion almost to figure out why I'm having these these attacks and. Uh, by God's grace, we're able to do that. So, yeah. Well,
2: when you, you talk about root problem, it, it goes deeper than that, too. Yeah. Um, as all things do, you know, it goes deeper than that, is what am I valuing? Mm. And for some people, like, say, they're a people pleaser. Like, when I had my first panic attack, that's what played into it. I was very concerned about my, I was working at a magazine at the time. I was very concerned about my boss's opinion of me. And I was replaying as I was driving on, you know, the expressway on the way home and I'm, I'm replaying in my mind, you know, what had happened at the office. And as I'm hitting this one point, place in the expressway kind of splits, you either go that way to the left or that way to the right. And as I came upon that, my heart, started, you know, I was, re- I had the anxious thinking. I was replaying in my mind what was happening, what had happened earlier in the office. And I'm, that's what I'm thinking on. That's what I'm dwelling on. So dwelling instead of dwelling on was true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. I'm dwelling on the opposite of what went wrong and what does she think of me and da dah, 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 all of that. That's what I'm dwelling on. And so I had the anxious thinking and then my heart started being faster. And then I started, you know, I'm gripping on my steering wheel, you know, like, like a death grip. And I'm doing that same time, you know, like perspiration is just flowing down off my face. That's happening as well as, you know, um, I started noticing it felt like my, knees felt like super wobbly. And then, and a few other things were going on. I remember, you know, getting off the ramp, you know, at my exit, I remember thinking to myself I was going off the, going on the ramp to, you know, off my exit, you know, like there's grass in the middle there. And I said to myself, it, this is going to sound insane. And just so you guys, and your listeners are going to sound insane. If you have experienced paying attacks, you, you guys might get it. At least you'll have mercy on others, hopefully, when you learn of them. I started saying to myself, drive into the ditch, Lucy, drive into the ditch. I was not suicidal. I did not want to die, but it was like that's how that's how my it's almost like some something outside myself took over my brain. I'm not going all demonic here. I don't mean it like that. It's again, it goes into anxious thinking. But that was the that was a solution. The short, very short, extremely short term solution was driving to the ditch because then I don't have to be driving on the on the highway or the ramp anymore. Um, but then you know, uh, it it came you know. On that day, you know, as I got off the highway, you know, it improved. You know, my heart started, you know, beating slower, you know, things like that. I started feeling better. But like I said earlier, I knew from since my mother had, had panic attacks. I knew what was what was going on since I had had that. But at the root cause of, of it was somebody else's opinion of me. That's what was deeper than, you know, like some of the root causes could be, you know. Peace, comfort, reputation, others' opinions, on and on and on. And so that then is what like what goes deeper than the anxious thinking, what was below that, and that was her opinion. But there wasn't one of you asking like a really, really good question of like, okay, what can we do about it? But if you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, if I could have addressed that earlier, uh-huh. then. I probably would have never had the panic attack in the first place but that kind of gets me to you know like i did this whole you know i did this whole series of online coaching for people and um it's like is it sinful are panic attacks sinful and that that's a deep question like are they i mean are they i mean i really i really wrestled with that and i came up to a conclusion i haven't really really seen anybody write on this very much or how about a little bit but in my opinion incomplete the way that the body responds the autonomic nervous system responding just how god meant it to do you know to either you know punch the bad guy or run from the grizzly bear is responding exactly how god intended so that is not simple
1: right
2: it's the anxious okay. thinking it's the anxious thinking that's simple so, so if, I, if I have a panic attack, that's not necessarily the attack itself. Like when I say the attack itself, I'm talking about the increased heart rate, all the physiological parts of it. That part isn't sinful. My body's doing exactly what it was meant to do. But again, I'm interpreting it as a house fire, not as burnt mm-hmm. toast right. when the fire alarm goes off. And so that is where my interpretation needs to change. And I'm allowing myself to fall into that anxious thinking, and yeah. that 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 then is what I can change. I can I'm not going to change the way that my body responds because it's the way God made our bodies, but I can change my anxious thinking, and that's what we work up, work on in biblical counseling.
1: Right, and and this is you know we're we're trying to be like encouraging to someone. If you're listening, this is we're meaning this to be encouraging. I, I want people to understand this is by no means. Lucy, when you, when you working with people, this is not a one, one session and you're done and they've yeah. got it late, right? This is something that you're, you, it takes time to work through these mm-hmm. things to get to where, where you talk to at the beginning of saying that you've healed past this, uh, aff- affecting your, your life on an, on a, on a, you know, recurring basis. So, it, you know, like, I just want to say that to them. Like, we're not saying, Hey, you know, take what Lucy, write what Lucy wrote down today. And like, you know, that that's your problem if you're still experiencing it something wrong with you now this is this is something that we we are taking very seriously and we believe that it it's not something that's uh, just corrected as well just like that because these are habits that right. we we form mental habits that we form that that have to then be broken down and corrected
2: exactly um, just as anxious thinking becomes a habit of anxious thinking then then the solution then is to unlearn the habit of anxious thinking as we look to god's word and and even his church and how then do we unlearn that habit that would yeah. be if you're in a church that helps you do that not all churches do that but right kind of right
1: and, and this is you know we, we're, we're pushing against our time but real quickly we want to cover this last sort of question and, and issue because we we, you know, a lot of those that are, that are listening, you know, their, their avenue may be spiritual abuse. And so we in biblical counseling are saying, let's, let's, you know, we understand the importance of scripture in their life. We understand the importance of even the church as a means of grace to grow closer to Christ. But if that is the situation where they're interpreting that that's when the panic attack is causing and it's it's causing friction between them. Like I know I need to go here, but I don't like you were saying they're anticipating that panic attack. What is maybe something that you could encourage somebody or, or, or say to them that that might be helpful for them today?
2: Well, most importantly is God is faithful and there is hope. Yeah. That, that's the most important thing, and and there is there is a there is you know biblical solution panic attacks there is a victory over them there can be that said okay i'm going to use an analogy which would be kind of similar though it's very different think of think of somebody has has migraines like you know they go to the doctor they might get medication maybe medication doesn't work for them but it's something that they deal with but they could have in fact they could could get to a place where they have no or very few migraines because of other lifestyle changes they've made as well. So it's similar with panic attacks. You know, you can get to a place where you have no or very few of them. And then the solution is, is like I've mentioned, is is you know dealing with the anxious thinking. And in the in a church, then I like this concept of, you know, trusted Christian friend, You're having a trusted Christian friend. You know, I'm talking about a same gender friend. You know, guys with guys. You know, gals with gals. That you could actually, you know, share your heart with the other person. The other person can listen, and it's a, it's like shy of biblical counseling, but you are heard. You can share what's going on, and if they're a trusted Christian friend, then they could help point you in the right direction, and they could help you with um, with what you're dealing with. Sometimes even like a positive response would would be the person listening and not discounting, like you must really be looney tunes here. You know, I, I don't understand, that's irrational. Anybody who's suffered panic attacks, like, yeah, it's totally irrational. I understand that, you know, let's say somebody has like fear of flying and they get panic attacks whenever they start thinking about going to the airport or jumping on a flight and anything like along those lines. They'll, they'll agree, they'll I understand. Of all the different type, modes of, of, of traveling, yes. Flying is the safest. Nonetheless, I still have panic attacks. And but just having that trusted Christian friend to be able to share that with and have them hear you without them negating, well, that doesn't make any sense. Or like you must you must like you must be crazy or or that's such an insane sort of thing. Rather, you want the other person that you're speaking with to listen and to encourage you and to um just really hear sometimes the the best biblical counseling is somebody listening you know as opposed to prescribing um these like easy solutions or something like that it's like i like to joke about you know like you know take two bible verses and call me in the morning and biblical counseling is nothing like that biblical counseling is regarding you know Giving hope and understanding the person, and then talking to the person you know who who's in front of you, and then helping helping that person and helping them with like with panic attacks, understanding that you know the you know fight fight freeze response is part of the autonomic nervous system, and now we what we need to do is we we need to you know. Learn how to speak differently to ourselves instead of letting the anxious thinking go crazy, and then we have another panic attack. There definitely is a way out of panic attacks. There's definitely victory over them for sure, and it's through entrusting ourselves to God at the same time taking micro actions.
1: Yeah, and we want to. We want to. I think a good first step would be, you know, picking up Lucy's book, um, Help I Get Panic Attacks, and we're going to link that in the show notes. Uh, from Amazon, and I've read it, and I think it is a uh, very, very valuable resource. And uh, you know, go to the dot com or biblicalcounselingcoalition.com dot com, and and search for a counselor in your area, and so to, that can that can help you with that. James, do you have anything that you'd like to close with?
0: You know, this was super helpful for me. Um, a lot of things that are going on in our family right now with my my family that this is going to be a lot of practical stuff that I'm going to be able to use and to help others. Um, so personally, this was a great conversation. Um, and if it just helps me, then, you know, it was worth the show. Uh, but I hope it's going to help someone else out. And uh, I'm sure, Lucy, you're available to talk to anyone. Uh, if you want to give your email or any way to contact them, uh, the people that can contact you, that's fine. But um, definitely get her book. Definitely read that. Uh, it's been, been great to be able to talk with you today.
2: Yeah, it was it was great getting to know both of you too, you know, John and James. And my email, somebody, the easiest way to contact me is to go to my e- um, not my email, um, my website, lucianne.mall.com, and then and then there's a you know there's a just hit the contact tab and you go ahead and send me a um, send me a message and I'll get back to you. Um, I don't want to leave again, you know, uh, everyone with with hope that that there is victory over panic attacks it, it, it's not it's not it's not something you have to live with for the rest of
1: your life yeah absolutely cool. we'll, we'll we'll link the the website in the show notes as well and uh we we forgot to announce one thing at the beginning uh and that is something that is coming within the network and that is the podcast on the power of a story and mm-hmm. uh so we want to uh if you are looking for more podcasts it's sort of like what uh, james and i uh do here then uh, you can go to the rfpnetwork.org and um, and check that out. And uh, James, I believe that's uh, you know, what's the what's the thing that we do at the end? The um, uh, sign click? off. Well, no, like oh. like share, subscribe, all that stuff. You know, I always mess that up. Anyways, um, until next time, to God, not the pastor, be the glory.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to the For Freedom podcast. To find more content like this, please visit rfpnetwork.org to find more podcasts like this one resources and meetups to encourage you on your journey